I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire. Brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Hi there, Elena. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. Now, we um, have days like uh, today where we actually record a, a variety of different content for the, the world of Livewire. And uh, sometimes when you're recording your announcer parts, because, of course, you're the announcer for our radio show, I'm here in my like sound studio doing a little dance, feeling excited, getting hyped for the show. And I just realized a few minutes ago that as you were reading some of the announcements, I started dancing and I think I might have actually learned how to floss. I've been seriously, you can't see because the Zoom camera on mercifully, I don't think shows my lower half, but I've been trying to learn how to floss ever since that got invented. And I think I just had a breakthrough today. Your shoulders look like you were doing it right. Good job. I could always do it like for like three movements and then I would like lose the, lose the, I don't know, the thread or something. But I just think, I just think I've had a major, so that's my personal best news for the week. I guess that's kind of the show. Actually, I have other news to share with you here on week 26 of the best news podcast. Uh, I'm going to grab something. Can you see the world's, the box that the world's fanciest litter box came in? That's the size of my freshman dorm room, which I shared. This is like a box that like a washing machine would come in or something. I broke down, basically the Instagram ads wore me down to finally buy this super high-tech robot litter box that looks like, it looks like something that was on like the Lunar Rover or something. It's supposed to, after your cat does their thing in the litter box. The whole thing rotates and it sifts out the offending matter. And then you've just got a kind of a perpetually clean litter box, which is, I just set it up last night. And, um, well, I've already got some issues with it. <laughs> so when you get the manual, like the first two pages are just how to try to get your cat to go inside this thing because so many cats are sort of apprehensive about that. They don't want to go into a big alien spaceship to poop? Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it's not instinctive to them. <laughs> not the problem that I had with my cat Bubbles. I literally took this thing out of the box. I put it down in the bathroom. I hadn't even put any litter in it, and she was inside going to the bathroom in it. What? She is. 
<laughs> like she's like obsessed with this thing to the point where it cannot clean itself <laughs> because when the cat is inside the litter box, it has all these sensors, right? The cat is inside the litter box or the litter, whatever, globe, dome. The litter millennium falcon. <laughs> yes. Like, it, this thing did make the Kessler run in 12 parsecs, though, by the way. If the cat is inside this thing, it just, like, stops. It doesn't do anything because, of course, they don't want to, like, tumble the cat like it's in a dryer. The problem is the cat is never not in this thing. She's just been in it for the last, basically, 12 hours. She loves it. It's like a womb for her or something. And so she'll go, she'll use the, use it, and then she'll come out for a minute, and then it will start trying to clean. And as soon as it starts doing its rotation, she is totally fascinated with it and wants to get back inside and do like a ride, do like a loop-de-loop. How is this not in the Instagram ads? It's like both a litter box and entertainment for your indoor cat. I mean, it is, except for the fact that now I keep getting errors on my phone because, of course, this is an app, it's right? It's attached to your phone. <laughs> it tells me I have – it's like the thing – this is not a free ad for them, but it's like called like uh, – the company is called like Whisker. And I have so many notifications from Whisker telling me, A, how much the cat weighs. By the way, six and a half pounds. Um, every time she gets in there, it weighs her. And then just like cleaning cycle stopped. Cleaning cycle stopped. Cat detected. Cat detected. Cat's weight, 6.5 pounds. Cleaning cycle stopped. I don't know if this is going to work out for me because the cat loves it too much. Well, I mean, maybe you could just turn the notifications off on your phone and just let let it happen. It seems like part of the anxiety is just that your phone is blowing up all the time and, and maybe the, the bubble stuff will work out, but you just need to disconnect the cat toilet from your cellular communicative device. Or maybe I should just go back to a normal litter box, which was basically fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about we find out what the actual best news is out there in the uh, wider world? Elena, what's the best news that you're seeing? Well, you know, I use this best news segment, especially the podcast version, as an opportunity to really shout out the undersung heroes. You know, the people that you would never have heard about or from if it weren't for us, which is why this week I selected a story about Elton John. <laughs> Because I really feel like, I mean, it's just not enough has happened. Somebody needs to pay some attention to, is it, what's it, Reginald Dwight? I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got, I mean, that big blockbuster movie wasn't enough. Uh, that great Muppet show that he hosted wasn't enough. The fact that we let him play Yankee Stadium while dressed as Donald Duck, that's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Elton John. I love him. Um, I love. I, I just think he's really interesting and cool. I loved Rocket Man. Um, he's been around my whole life. I think he has a great sense of humor. And so many people love him that he just gave a command performance at the White House as a part of this special evening called A Night When Hope and History Rhyme. So he was there along with uh, civil rights advocate Ruby Bridges, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and a bunch of teachers and nurses nurses and LBGTQIA advocates. And it was just a concert, right? Like a great concert, but uh, he played your song and Rocket Man and Tiny Dancer. He didn't play one of my favorite Elton John songs, which is Amarina. It's, uh, it's this song where for some reason the line is, he dreams of Chris, she dreams of crystal streams, but he pronounces dreams and streams like, I'm sure drams of crystal streams. <laughs> 
He declined to play that one, decided not to play that one? Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, that was the song of my drums. I don't know why he didn't want to play that. But <laughs> apparently uh, Joe Biden cried. That's what I saw. Okay, I didn't know anything about this performance other than the headline, Joe Biden like gets teary during an Elton John. Do we know what song it was? Yeah, and it's funny until you hear the story behind it. It was Crocodile Rock, which is kind of like, that's a funny thing to cry during Crocodile Rock. Also, uh my least favorite Elton John song, but Joe Biden used to drive his kids to school and sing that song. And um, then when his late son, Bo, was dealing with his brain injuries, that was a, a way that they sort of like kept communicating with each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's intense. You know, I have to say that when I saw that headline about Joe Biden becoming emotional, and, and now you're kind of filling me in on the details, I had the thought like, I mean, even when we're doing maybe more the radio show than the podcast version of this, but there are certainly times where I feel emotional just when we're like interviewing people, could be on stage, could be when we're doing it remotely. I think if I was president, I would be crying a lot just because of the enormity of every situation and because you're meeting people who have lost uh, children, you know, you're meeting gold star parents whose, whose children maybe have died in military service. Like every day, it's some intensely emotional thing that you're part of, I would be known as the cry-in president. <laughs> and you're meeting people who are saving the world. And you're finding occasions to make other people super emotional, which is what happened the evening of Friday, September 23rd. After Elton John played all these songs and everybody was so happy and had a great time, Biden comes on stage unannounced, awards Sir Elton John with the National Humanities Medal, which is one of the highest honors that can be bestowed upon a citizen in our country. This is the Sir Elton John. Like, this is like up there with knight knighthood. Elton John in the video obviously had no idea. Jill Biden is up there, first lady, and then another person is up there holding this kind of red medallion. And I don't think it's a put on. Like, I think he had no idea. And it was announced that he was being awarded for being an advocate with absolute purpose. We all know that he was an incredible advocate for AIDS awareness when it wasn't cool to do so, who found courage to challenge convention, shatter stigma, and advance the simple truth that everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. So at this point, you don't even need Crocodile Rock. Everybody's crying. Right. Elton John's crying. The Bidens are crying. Laura Bush, who was a major ally for uh, a lot of legislature to get passed in order to help people with AIDS, she was there, and I'm sure she was crying. It was just tears all around. What a novel idea to have people from different political parties who can get together in the same room and agree that, hey, we're all trying to get this country moving forward, even if we have maybe a slightly different letter after our name, you know? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's arguably a way in which people like Elton John can bring folks together, which is super cool. I feel like my, you were saying the other day to me that you're laying on the best news stories is often insect-related or ice cream-related. I feel like my my lane now is cute kid-related. We talked about corn kid. I got another cute kid update for you. Have you seen the terrible sandwich kid? No. <laughs> this is, well, at the time this was filmed, this was a little guy. He was five years old. His name is Abe Indeji, and he was coming back from his first day of kindergarten. And his mom, Ricky Weisberg, was doing the thing that, you know, parents do a lot now, which is that she was filming him on her cell phone. He's getting off the bus after his first day of kindergarten. And he, he's like two steps down the steps of the bus when he has to tell her how bad the sandwich was that she sent him with on day one. Hey, you did it. Mommy? Yeah. 
terrible sandwich, by the way. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> That's the first thing he said when he got off the bus. Literally, I'm just gonna play it for you again now that you know the context. Also, I love that it's hard to hear on the tape, but after he says "terrible sandwich," by the way, she says "thanks for letting me know," and he just goes, "Will be terrible," all like kind of quietly as he's visiting. Hey, you did it, mommy. Yeah, terrible sandwich. By the way, thanks for letting me know. Really terrible. Really terrible. Really terrible. So. Yeah, there's actually a story to the sandwich, which I only found out reading this article. So basically, this mom, Ricky Weisberg, has been posting this video on like Facebook and stuff every year since this, like this was, I think, four years ago that this was this actually happened. So Abe, her son, is actually like in, I'm, I'm not sure what grade he's in now, but this is kind of older footage, but she likes to post it on the first day of school just kind of like as a fun memory. What was different... This year was she put it on TikTok, and that's a whole other level. So that basically that video has now received 15 million views on her TikTok page. Terrible Sandwich Kid is the new It's Corn Kid. Now, the story on the sandwich, though, is that Ricky said because this was half-day kindergarten, I just love this honesty from her perspective as a mom. She goes, I thought the benefit of half day is that I don't have to pack him a lunch. <laughs> like, that's straight out of the Susie Burbank school of parenting. Let's send him to the, whatever it is that involves less lunch making for me, let's send him there on that one. She didn't realize, though, that even though it was only half day, they did need to send the kids with lunch. So she didn't have any of the proper fixings the night before his first day of kindergarten because she didn't think she was going to have to make him lunch. And also, I guess uh, you don't send kids with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich anymore because a lot of kids have nut allergies. Maybe she was erring on the side of caution. I don't know. But she basically said, we had nothing in the house. We couldn't send them with peanut butter because the kids with peanut allergies. So I came up with an idea to do a butter and jelly sandwich. And that's what she sent little Abe with. And that's what the terrible sandwich was. By the way, she did have a bite of it later and agreed it was terrible. Which I don't blame her for trying this because, of course, toast with butter and jam or butter and jelly is delicious. But I think the bread has to be toasted. I think it has to be like the butter has to be melted. The bread has to still be kind of warm and crusty. Like that is a thing. Toast with jelly is a thing. But just a cold sandwich with butter and jelly on it, I don't think it's going to work. Probably not good for the old brain either. Like, I don't know if you do fractions in kindergarten or whatever, but <laughs> you're not getting a lot of, like, neurological food, I'm assuming. To bring uh, this whole story home, because of the 15 million views of Terrible Sandwich, they have now created a website, TerribleSandwich.com, where you can buy merch. But here's what they're really doing. They are raising funds and awareness to fight childhood hunger. And so they are going to donate 50% of the money to... Feeding America, which is a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks. They feed 46 million people a year through food pantries and soup kitchens. So this is actually going to really help out some really deserving folks. I love this quote from Abe. I feel like we're. this is not the last uh, that we have heard of young Abe and Deji. They asked him if uh, he's getting recognized at school for this video still. And he said, oh, at school, I definitely get recognized. I hired three bodyguards. <laughs> then he explained that his bodyguards were his three friends. <laughs> and then he quote, I'm always running around at snack. I'm escaping crowds of children. That's what Abe said about his life as a famous person. And then when they asked him about donating the money, uh, he said, how I feel about this little time in fame. 
First of all, he realizes, you know, that he's in his 15 minutes. He goes, I don't want everything going to me. I want some of this funding for someone else, like the hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of hungry children around the world. So that's the best news that I heard this week. Now, speaking of this week, coming up on the radio show this week, we are going to be talking to podcast host and pop culture connoisseur Sam Sanders. Sam is the host of Into It, which is a pop culture podcast from Vulture and New York Magazine. Uh, you probably also remember him from being the host of It's Been a Minute on NPR, which is the show that he founded. Uh, we're going to talk to Sam about his evangelical upbringing, uh, his love of pop culture, and what public radio ended up meaning to him growing up in the South as a, a gay person who was, uh, as a young person, closeted. Uh, we're also going to hear from the writer Erica L. Sanchez about her new memoir, Crying in the Bathroom, uh, as well as her love of Lisa Simpson. And then we're going to get some music from one of our absolute favorites, John Craigie, who is one of the funniest musicians out there. So that is going to be out on Friday in this very audio feed that you're getting this show from. And then it'll be on radio stations all over the country this weekend. All right, a big thanks to the folks who make this show possible. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. And our production fellow is Tanvi Kumar. Molly Pettit is our technical director and our mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And of course, thanks to you, our listeners. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're going to be back here next week. In the meantime, head on out there and please have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much. If you've left a review and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>